Well, once again, it's my honor to be able to introduce our next speaker. Dag Haywood Mills is the founder and lead pastor of the United Denominations, which originated from his original group, the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Over the last 30 years, the denomination that he's planted has almost 4,000 churches in over 90 countries globally. And uh, it's present on every continent on earth. That's quite an accomplishment. Bishop Dagg has also been the author of many books. Uh, most of them focus on practical ministry and Christian living. Uh, that's why I like him so much. He's not high in the sky. He's down to earth. He's talking to where we live. I want you to please welcome my dear friend, Bishop Dagg Haywood Mills, as he brings a word to the His Church Conference here in Zimbabwe. Bishop Dagg Haywood Mills. What a blessing it is to be with you, Celebration Churches International, and I want to thank Pastor Tom Duchel for this great privilege and opportunity to share uh, a few scriptures and a few thoughts and a few words from the Lord, I believe, for the Celebration Church and to all of you, especially to the pastors and the leaders. I believe this is a very important message. Um, uh, I thank God for the theme, His Church, His Church Conference. Uh, the Church, His Church. I believe that the church is the most important organization in the world. And um, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. Uh, first of all, I believe that this is the only uh, building project that Jesus is involved in, the building of his church. So all of us must line up with Jesus' only project on earth, and that is the building of his church. I will build my church. Jesus is not building schools, universities, businesses, political parties, uh, hospitals, uh, boreholes, farms, uh, industries. He, he said, I will build my church. Now, all these things that I have mentioned are good things. They are not evil things. Schools are good. We have schools. I have many schools. Schools, hospitals businesses and all, they are all things that are not evil things. But Jesus said, I will build my church. And I think that anyone in the ministry must seriously focus on the one thing that Jesus is building. What I have found is that these other good things are really side attractions. And whenever people give themselves to building other things, other than the church, they find out as the years go by that they've really focused on the wrong things. You know, uh, the world is very evil and is marching towards destruction. Uh, and there is very little any of us can do about it because it's predicted in the Bible how things are going to end. We are not going to change 
the outcome of this world. The, uh, the world is going towards Armageddon. It's, the entropy in the world is increasing. There's nothing we can do. We can't change what's written in the Bible. You know, the confusion, the increasing confusion, the increasing wickedness in the world. Uh, we can't change it by building vocational schools, by bringing employment, by uh, doing business, by forming political parties, by standing for elections, by all these things that are encouraged so much, even by us, the church. But rather, to believe the words of Jesus Christ when Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I think that these words, as usual, sound a little simplistic. You know, just building the church, is that all? What's the use of the church? But I tell you, it is the church that has sustained the world. And the absence of the church uh, will change everything. So the church is the most important thing. Now, the Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And one of the things that you should learn from this amazing scripture is that uh, the gates of hell are directed against the building of the church. The phrase gates of hell is found only once in the Bible and is found here in relation to the building of the church. Yes. So the gates of hell are against the church. As you can see, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So this phrase, the gates of hell, is specifically mentioned when the idea of building the church was brought up by Jesus. And so I find that the greatest focus of satanic attack on the church is to prevent the building of the church. Yes. And to prevent the building of church in every way. To prevent the building of the people, building up of the churches, the pastors, building up of congregations, building up of the church buildings in a nation. All these are fought against uh, ultimately by the enemy. And so pastors, churches need to realize that Satan is against one particular thing and he's against the church and the church being built up. So therefore, I think that it is a good thing for us to focus on the church and the building of churches, you know, as, as the one thing that Jesus said we should do and that he was doing, and which by implication means that is what we should be doing. So how does the devil fight against the building of the church? I believe mostly by distraction, distraction, distracting pastors from their main purpose. You know, in all my travels in different places, I've been to quite a number of different places, I find that pastors are not even interested in building churches. You know, pastors are not interested in uh, developing the church. When I introduce a book that I have on church growth, a mega church, and so on, 
I find that pastors are not really interested in building the church. And if pastors were interested in building the church, they would be doing everything to build the church, to make it bigger, to make it grow, to have more churches. Many years ago, I was uh, in Korea uh, for the first time, uh, maybe more than 20, 25 years ago. And when I was there, I remember listening to Yonggi Cho talking about building a big church and church growth. And he said, the very first point and important thing is for pastors to have a vision to build a big church. You know, and honestly, I can tell you, for many years, I struggled with this teaching of Yonggi Cho. Why did I struggle with it? Because I could not understand how a vision to build a mega church was the first step to building a mega church. I didn't understand why. Do you know why I didn't understand why? I didn't understand why because I had, that was the reason why I was in Korea. That was the reason why I was reading his church growth magazine. Because I wanted the church to be big. I wanted to grow a church. I wanted the church to develop. So why are you telling me that the first step to build a church is, uh, is to have the vision to build a mega church? You know, what my problem was was that I had not met other pastors yet. And as the years went by and I travel around places, I find that people are not interested in building their church. Pastors, no, they don't want the church to grow bigger. They don't want to have a big church. They're okay as they are. So once you have a little salary, a little bit of money, a car, a mortgage, a house somewhere, then that's it. There's no vision and there's no drive to have a, a church. And that has been consistently my impression as I go around from country to country is that people don't have the vision that Jesus gave us that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That, that vision, the vision that Jesus had, all right, is something that they do not have. So brothers and sisters uh, in Zimbabwe and around the world, celebration churches, I want to say to you that this scripture and this vision of Jesus for us must be embraced. You must first of all embrace the church as the most important organism and organization. More important than anything else. You cannot give yourself to any other venture or any other idea, any other goal, a school, a hospital, a, 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 an industry, a business, a vocational training center, a, 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 a politics, standing for election, trying to change the society and trying to change a lost and dying world through all these things. I tell you, remember that the number one thing is I will build my church. Do not reduce it. It's in, in law, it's called absurdio reductio. You know, you reduce an argument or a statement to absurdity. And I say, oh, it's too simple. It's too simplistic. When you say, I'll build my church, it doesn't really mean, I mean, we have to build the school, the hospital, the university. All these things.
things are not changing the world. And it is not the same. A university is not the same as a church. A university is not the same. A university teaches things which are determined by the accreditation board. And they cannot teach anything they want to teach. A university is not the same as a church. A school is not the same as a church. A, a hospital is not the same. They are good things, but it is not the same as the church. So don't sidetrack from the words of Jesus. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I believe that as we decide to build the church, God will show us more and more ways to build his church. What are the ways to build his church? You can build his church by making the church you are in grow bigger and not being satisfied with what you have. <laughs> yes. You know, the vision you have, right, will cause you to build a bigger church. So the, the single church can get bigger. Now, the next way you can build the church is to have several churches. In the book of Revelations, uh, you see Paul write, uh, 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 John writing, I write to the churches in Asia, to the churches that you never hear one church. So another way to develop the church, his church, the church, his church, is to go back to the Bible pattern, which is to have several churches instead of one huge thing. Because the reality is that there are many churches and many groups of people spread out all over the place. And, um, you know, you should have a vision of a church at your door in your language. That's our vision. You must have a church at your door in your language. We must build a church at your door in your language. Beautiful. Instead of having one great, beautiful, shiny thing which everybody has to come to, which the truth is that they will end up not coming to because they will not be able to sustain that journey, is to have a church at your door in your language and to build several churches. And you notice in the book of Revelation chapter 1, Jesus standing in the midst of seven churches. Not, there's never a one church story anywhere in the Bible. He stands in the midst of the churches. All right? And the churches are under his control. So I believe that the way to develop the church is to believe in the series of churches. A series of churches and not one mega thing, which is not working. Even the supermarkets, the petrol stations, the shops, the businesses, they are all spreading out. No one is having one thing. No one has one main shop or one main shopping mall to which everybody in the world has to come to. That is past. KFC has KFC everywhere. McDonald's everywhere. Whatever, Nando's everywhere. They don't have it all in just one big Nando's as big as the biggest shopping mall in the whole world for everybody to come to eat that one chicken. Uh, Nando's that, that can serve 5,000 people in one place. Let's be serious. 
Look at what he says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. So there's always a message, the seven churches which are in Harare, the seven message which are churches which are in Zimbabwe, the seven churches in any place, there must be seven significant churches. All right, seven churches which make an impact, seven cathedrals, seven major buildings, seven of everything. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. So brothers and sisters in Harare and around the world, wherever you are, I want you to have the vision of Jesus Christ. I tell you, you know, there's a great man of God called Idahosa. I remember when he died some years ago, about 20 years ago. I remember, um, you know, he preached, he had crusades, he built churches and so on. And I thought to myself when he died, and even I thought to myself also when Billy Graham died, that the world is more evil after they are dead. The world is more evil in spite of their ministry that they've ministered all these years. You ask yourself, what did they achieve? Listen, we are not the ones who are going to change this damned and doomed world. This damned and doomed world, Jesus said, the tares are going to grow, the wheat is going to grow, and at the end, there's going to be a big fire. We cannot change that destiny. What we can do is to be faithful to the calling, faithful to the vision, to be simple, the simplicity of serving Christ. I will build my church. Go into the world. Preach the gospel to every nation, to every people. And I believe that this is the great message, you know, that we need to come to get back in our hearts. And it first goes to the pastors and then to the church, to love the church and to decide to give ourselves to build his church. Amen. So I want to introduce you. I have a book called The Mega Church. I have another book called Church Growth. And I have another book called uh, Double Mega Missionary Church. Now, in order to build the church, um, there are three things that I believe um, that we can do to give ourselves better to uh, his church and the church for the church to make an impact in the world. Number one is church growth. The mega church, church growth, and building a big church, the principles of building a big church. Now, Romans 8, 28 talks about, it says, all things work together for good. There are many things that work together to make it possible for us to develop a church or to, to build a big church or a church that is successful. All right. And when pastors come back to the focus of what God has called us to, suddenly the topic, the subject of church growth and the idea, the concept, and the concepts that go with building churches 
become important to you. But until then, pastors will see a book on church growth and pass it by. And we rather look for books on abundance, books on uh, financial um, emancipation, or a book on um, how to be a millionaire. You know, I once saw a church, those were the main books, financial, fortune, how to be a millionaire, how to become rich, how to whatever. You know, so I'm just saying that the focus of a church should be the church. Yes. A focus of a church should be the church. We should see the church as what it is. Because aiming to have money is a very bad vision for anybody. Even for business people. Aiming to have a lot of money. Because the love for money, all right, and the drive, the Bible says, that which people have lasted after and have gone after, they've pierced themselves with many sorrows. So there are many, many problems that have afflicted the church because our aim has not been the church. So I'm saying that if the church, his church, is to become our focus, then we must focus and ask ourselves and tell ourselves that money is not our focus. Having riches is not our focus. And even the need for money is not our focus. Because it is that need that has been our disguise or camouflage to become the most money-grasping group of people that has ever lived on the surface of the earth. Amazing. And that's how the church has become and, and, and has led us to poverty. Because Bible says he gave them their desire and sent leanness to their souls. So that is not a good vision. That is not a good vision. If you build the church, you will have far more money than you can even use. Yes. It's a bad aim to have. So let us rather refocus, like I'm giving you three keys, refocus to the church. A church is the main thing. The church is the blessed thing. When I came to Zimbabwe, I came to the beautiful celebration church. And that's the beautiful icon. I always speak about it, that a great thing has been done. A great achievement by a missionary who came as a young man, knowing nobody, knowing where, not even the country, where it was on the map, and came and what has he achieved? He has built the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. And you see that the support from God was to build the church. And I believe that this same celebration church can be built in Bulawayo, can be built in Bedbridge, can be built in... Um, Zwingo can be built in Mashvingo, Victoria Falls can be built in Mutare, can be built everywhere in Bindura, in every city. I will build my church. That is what lasts. That is what the focus should be. I will build my church. My church. Let us not be reduce the words of Jesus to absurdity. Let us believe that when he says, I'll build my church, he means I will build the church, my church. That's what I believe. 
And I believe that refocusing our hearts and our minds from the pastors downwards, that the church is the main thing, is a big thing, is a good thing, is a blessed thing, is God's presence here on earth. That's the body of Jesus Christ, is the church. I believe that the focus on the church and everything to do with the church will be the greatest blessing to humanity. Think about Jesus came to this earth. He didn't build any school, university. He didn't travel more than 200 miles from where he was born. Didn't write any books. Didn't raise any money, right? And he just said, I will build my church. Go into the world and preach the gospel. I mean, what else is Jesus after? He is after the whole concept of building his church. And I think that we'll do ourselves a great service if we decide to refocus unto the church as Jesus Christ himself was trying to make us do. The second master key that I believe uh, is a blessing is shepherding, the art of shepherding. Because it takes shepherds to build a church, a good shepherd. Now, a shepherd is, the, is, is a pastor. In, uh, in many languages, the word shepherd and the word pastor are the same. They don't have a different word for a shepherd of animals and then a pastor. The, 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 the word is the same. All right? I don't know. Maybe it's the same in your language as well. But uh, shepherding is a very important thing that Christians and can practice and pastors must go back into to specialize in, to study, and to learn, and to give themselves to. I'm a medical doctor. I was in, medi- in the medical school for seven years. I studied anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, pathology, chemical pathology. I studied um, uh, hematology. I studied pharmacology, general surgery, internal medicine, psychiatry, ophthalmology, gynecology, obstetrics, pediatrics, psychiatry, and so on for seven good years. And I can tell you, all right, after being in school for so long and learning this and that, to be a pastor and to be a shepherd is more difficult than to be a doctor. Take it from me. And I'm not speaking as a lay person. I'm speaking as a medical doctor who actively practices today. It is more difficult to be a pastor, to be a shepherd than to be a doctor. It involves much more. And you look at yourself and you call yourself a pastor and a shepherd and never read or study anything about shepherding. And I mean, how is it going to work? And how can you say the church is your focus when you are not studying and learning how to be a shepherd? I have a book called What It Means to Be a Shepherd. What, it, what does it mean to be a shepherd? And I have another book called The Art of Shepherding. And I have another book called Transform Your Pastoral Ministry. I believe that your ministry as a pastor can be transformed. It can be changed. It can be changed. You know, because I came from the background which I came from, that is being a, a, a doctor, when I became a pastor, you know, my question was, what shall I do now? What should I do on Mondays? What should I do on Tuesdays? What should I do on Wednesdays? Because maybe on Mondays in the hospital, I'd have a major ward round. On Tuesdays, we'll have what we call minor surgeries, like surgeries that take 30 minutes or one hour. On Wednesdays, we'll have 
clinic where we sit in the, what we call the OPD, the outpatient department. On Thursday, we have major surgeries. That is, one surgery can take four hours, five hours, six hours. And then on Fridays, we have emergency duties. Yes. So every day of the week, I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing because I was a doctor and I was trained to be a doctor and I was working in the hospital. Now, when I became a pastor, my question was, what shall I do on Mondays? What shall I do on Tuesdays? What shall I do on Wednesdays? What shall I do on Thursday now? I'm free on Friday. What shall I do? And that is why people don't know shepherding. That's why I wrote the book, What It Means to Become a Shepherd. And because we don't know what to do as a shepherd, that is why pastors are into politics. That's why you're into politics, because you don't even know the work you have to do. Yes. That's why you are doing business, because you are not giving yourself to shepherding. Yes. You know, Paul said in 1 Timothy 4.15, give thyself wholly, wholly to these things, and your profiting will appear to all. That's why you are doing secular work. And that's why you are doing everything else but building the church. Because you have no idea of what it means to be a shepherd. And the things you must do to be a good shepherd. So, dear friend, I'm saying to you that the, the desire to build the church, to focus on the church, right? And then the desire to learn how to be a shepherd, because it is shepherds and pastors who build and make churches, just like it's a president or the leaders of a country that make the country what it is. Africa is what it is because of the leaders who are leading Africa. It's not that there's no this or no money or no elephants or no oil or no diamonds. There's diamonds everywhere. There's elephants everywhere. There's oil everywhere. It's the people who lead, who make it what it is. They destroy it or they build it. And in the same way, it is the shepherds, the pastors, they make the church what it is. You know, I remember years ago, I was in Korea. Young Cho was preaching on church growth. And he said something, which I also remember, apart from what I said, shared earlier about the church. He said that, Every large church, every large church has one strong leader. Yeah, there is a strong leader, pastor, who is the leader of that church. That is the characteristic of every large church. There's one person who is a strong leader and a strong pastor. Without that, you cannot have a big church. Not a nice person. You know, you may not be so nice. People may not find you nice. People know me, find you affable and friendly and, you know, a people's person and sociable and so on. But he's a strong shepherd, strong leader. He's a strong leader. That's why Jesus looked at Peter and said, man, you are too soft to be my pastor. <laughs> you are too soft. He says, I'm turning you into a rock. Yes. Strong, hard rock. Yes. Thou art Peter. Notice. Thou art Peter. And he changed his name. That was the change of name. And upon what? This rock. You cannot build a mega church on softies. And on people who do not understand what it means to be a shepherd. 
Moses was a strong leader. He was challenged many times. But he led three million members out of Egypt. Yes. He was challenged again and again for his leadership, for his role, for his place. But he led three million members out of Egypt because he was one strong leader. And if Moses could do it, the Bible calls him faithful in all my house, Moses. You can also do the same and lead thousands of people out of Egypt into the presence of the Lord. So building the church, dear friend, is the main thing. You know, I think uh, if you love the church, if you love the church and you love the idea of shepherding, all right, and you develop yourself in it, you are going to do very well. I said I was going to give you three points, but my time is almost up. But you know, in developing your shepherding ministry, all you have to do is to go to the very first pastor, the very first pastor ever in the whole church, the very first pastor. Who was that? Peter. In Acts chapter 6, you know, he gave the master keys to being a good shepherd. First of all, he said, we will not be distracted. You see, we will not be distracted by the memory, the problems, the people who needed to be fed. You see, this is the first key. No more distractions. And I want to encourage everybody out there in Harare. No more distractions. No more side attractions. No more side roads that are near and parallel but not on it. Thank God for it's near. Thank God it's parallel, but it's not the same thing. So Paul said, he said, in those days when the number of the disciples says, or were, were multiplied, there arose a murmuring because their widows were neglected. And verse 2 goes on and he says, and the 12 said, it's not right that we should be distracted. It's not right that we should go aside from the main work. Distractions are the killers of church growth and of, of, of the blessing of the church. Many pastors are standing there. Their minds are elsewhere. <laughs> their minds are on other things. Their minds are not on the church. All right? It is not right that we should be distracted. And in verse 3, he went on and said, Wherefore, brethren, let's look for some guys, seven people who have wisdom, so that this business, we will not do this business. But you see, today's pastors are saying, we want to do this business ourselves. Yes. And, and actually... We are so proud of the fact that these are the businesses that we are doing. Yes, that we have a secular appeal, that we have a so-called crossover appeal. I thank, I don't, I thank God I don't have a crossover appeal. I don't, I don't have any appeal to the world. I appeal to my, everything, my, my, my books, my songs, the churches, everything I do, my leadership is only for the church. I thank God I don't have any crossover appeal. Beautiful. I thank God. I don't have no appeal to the world. Yes. I'm not invited to be a, a governor of a bank, a, a, a director of this, director of that. It's as if I don't have sense. Yes. But, mind you that I am a medical doctor. Yeah. It takes a lot to become a medical doctor. Yeah. But Paul said, Peter said, we, in verse 4, we will give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So, brothers and sisters, it's been a pleasure sharing with you uh, these few words. 
I just want to encourage you, give yourself to the building of the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. You, Peter, be a rock, hard, strong, okay? I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I thank God for Celebration Church. I thank God for Pastor Tom Duchel. He is a person that over the years, everywhere I, everywhere I can, I get the chance, I say, that's what it means to be a missionary. He went and he built the church. And he will always be remembered for that. He's a, best, a great example. He came to a country, didn't know anybody, didn't know anything, stayed there with his life, gave his life and built the church. And I encourage that every person who claims to be a follower and is part of this thing should equally do the same. And let's not build one church. Let's build seven churches. Let's build churches everywhere. A church at your door in your language. God bless you. Thank you for joining us online. We hope and trust that you've been blessed by this service. Stay connected with us through our social media platforms, Facebook and WhatsApp. As we go, stay safe, stay blessed, stay connected.